everybody, it's Brian. Thanks for tuning in. If you're ready to buy or sell a home in Pierce, South King, or Snohomish County, please check out John Hurlbutt and his team over at Altitude Homes. John's an old friend and someone I know you can trust. He will also donate $500 to Ben's Fund for every closed transaction. I know how hard it is to find a real estate agent who has your best interests in mind. John can be that guy for you and benefit a great cause to boot. Check them out on the web at altitude-re.com slash hb. Again, altitude-re.com slash hb. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. That's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks. Girls hit you hallelujah. Girls hit you hallelujah. Girls hit you hallelujah. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Saturday night and we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. Boys and girls, here we go. The uh, I guess this would qualify as the week eight edition. Week nine, I guess, if you include the buy of the Softy Hawk Blogger podcast, all brought to you by, say it now with me, Brian, Pagliacci Pizza. Okay, La Pagliacci Pizza. Uh, and we'll talk about those specials coming up in just a moment. You know what struck me, though, man, is I'm getting ready to chat with you here. I'm looking at the Seahawk rushing numbers. And unless Eddie Lacy goes for 100 yards plus on Sunday against Washington or Thomas Rawls. Uh, actually, no, it's got to be Lacy. Unless Lacy goes for 100 yards, the leading rusher at the halfway point of the 2017 season is going to be a guy that, if he were healthy, would be on pace for 416 yards. And that's Chris Carson. <laughs> Eddie Lacy is 100 yards behind Carson right now at 108. Yeah. I mean, are you yeah. kidding me? How 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 are they five and two with that running game? Well, you know, leave it to you, Softy, to focus on the negative, dude. Come what on. What are you talking man. about? The positive is they're five and two. I think it's <laughs> I think it's insanely impressive that they're five and two. I mean, honestly, dude, it's like going back to last week. The fact that the offense put up 34 points and Russell threw for 450 with no running game to compliment him whatsoever it was insanely impressive. Right, and and the fact that this offense has gained more yards through seven games than any offense in the history of the Seahawks that's except for the 2005 team. Crazy, crazy. That's amazing, right? So so like I think you know we used to talk about the offense before as you know really Riso Diombo was really the worst of the 22 starters um, on that team. And it wasn't close. He's actually the worst at his position overall in the NFL by a decent stretch. And now you've got a guy putting in there in Dwayne Brown, who I argue is maybe the, the third best player on the whole offense. Um, mm. So, you know, I, I think that you're in a situation where you're talking about fewer and fewer of these holes and the run game is, is absolutely the, the one that, that sticks out the most. But, um, you know, there's a lot that is going right for this team um, that, that, you know, hopefully Dwayne Brown can just accelerate. Yeah, and I think if you get the game on Sunday and you're sitting there at 6-2 and two with the Cardinals at 3-4, and four, the Falcons on Monday night at home, and we all know how the Hawks play in home primetime games against the Falcon team that is not as good as we thought they'd be, and then the Niners at 0-8, I mean, you are, you are setting yourselves up to go 8-2 and two into that Philadelphia game, uh, which is also at home. Uh, I don't know, man. All of a sudden, and I said this, I think, a couple weeks ago, maybe we should restart that Super Bowl dream machine and start thinking about that number one seed. Why the hell not? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, if people aren't, then I don't think they're looking around the NFC. Uh, I mean, who else? Uh, you know, I think I think Philadelphia is the, the top spot right now, but they've got to come here. And um, I think that the Seahawks are going to be favored in every one of those games you mentioned. And I would argue you should win every one of those games you mentioned. And and uh, there's nothing that Philadelphia has shown me that makes me think that they're better than the Seahawks. Yeah. Nothing. Well, um, no, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, go, go on. No, I was going to say, finish your thought on Philadelphia, but we can, we can obviously wait a month until that game, right? That game's four weeks away, so maybe we should go back and talk about the Houston game on on Sunday before we get ahead of ourselves. But that's kind of what we do as sports fans, so why the hell not? Oh yeah. But yeah. the uh, the Houston game on Sunday, uh, honestly, when Russell threw that pick going to Richardson there to the left, if I would have yeah. elbowed you right then and there and said, "Hey, man, no problem. The Hawks will come back and win this," would you have bought that? I would have actually, um, I would have, and and I'll tell you like proof of it. Uh, you know, one of my worst, the things I hate the worst is if you're in the Seahawks stadium, you're in your seats in the three, I'm in the 300 level and the team ends up losing and you're stuck and you wait till the very, very end and you're stuck in this huge line getting out. It just sucks. So what I often do is, you know, a couple minutes to go, um, you know, well, my son and I will walk down, we'll watch it from uh, one of the corners. And, um, you know, we could have walked right out of the stadium if we didn't think there was going to happen. But I had every reason to believe that Wilson's going to do it. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen miracles from that exact spot, whether it's the Green Bay game, yeah. uh, whether yep. it was the uh, Golden Tate catch. I've seen so many yep. miracles in, in that moment that you got to believe. Well, I guess yeah, you don't really have to do anything. Uh, you, it's, it's, <laughs> you'd be wise. You'd be wise yeah. to believe. It's fun to stay positive, no doubt, and maybe you're 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 better off mentally staying positive. But the uh, the win probability, uh, actually, we went back and looked at it at that point in time was in the gutter for the Seahawks, and it was amazing yeah, it was 10%. how well it it, it it actually went from uh, t- uh, the Seahawks up twenty seven twenty four to start the fourth quarter it was seventy nine percent in the Hawks' favor. Houston up 31-27 with 9.09 to go with 71% in their favor. Hawks up 34-31 after Jimmy's first touchdown with 5.37 to go, made it 77%. And then when Houston went up 38-34 at 4.49 after the long play to Hopkins, it was at 91% in their favor. So I don't know if I've ever been to a game that the Seahawks won uh, where there were just all these wild swings where each fan base two or three times during the fourth quarter could say, okay, well, we got this now. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I can't. I honestly can't recall ever having seen a Seahawks game where at no point throughout the game, um, you know, uh, the, the either team was ahead by more than one score. Right. Like right. they were never uh, more than seven points apart that entire game. All, and not only that, but obviously what makes it unique is how many points were scored. Uh, so uh, to have to have that go on, it was a fabulous game. And I thought Houston played marvelous. I think it's, it's a damn shame that, that Sean Watson goes down now. And not only because I love watching him as a player and I respect him as a, as a player, but because the Rams get a huge break, they yeah. don't have to face this guy. Right. Now, that's a great point. And you know what else was kind of funky about the game on Sunday? That after 7-7, seven, seven, uh, I think after every Houston score up until maybe the last drive for the Hawks, uh, there was a score by Houston and then an immediate answer by the Seahawks offense. 
So you never had that ability, as you're talking about, to, to maybe see somebody go up by 10 points. And the, the Earl pick six, I mean, obviously it came early in the game, and a lot of people will focus on, you know, Russell's play in the fourth quarter and the two touchdowns by Jimmy, by Jimmy in the final five minutes. But, man, Brian, those, those first five drives or four of the first five drives, the Texans were jamming the ball down our throat. I mean, I mean it was – the ball was at the 29, and they're going up 10 nothing. you know, if they can't get, you know, a first down on that third down play. And you fall behind 10 nothing in the first five minutes of the game – you know, who knows what that does to momentum? Who knows what it does to the te- the confidence of the Texans on offense and defense? And I don't know, dude. I just I I just wonder if we're going to be sitting back here one day if the Seahawks are back in the Super Bowl in Minnesota, or hell, even if they're in the NFC Championship, and we'll kind of reminisce about Earl's pick six is a big reason why. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and not not just that play, but look, look, the defense got uh, just rolled. I mean, 500 yards, 38 points at home. That just doesn't happen. Multiple big plays. I think there was, uh, I want to say there was 13 explosive plays against the Seahawks defense. And by the way, the last time this defense gave up 13 explosive plays was at Houston in 2013, which is a, a weird oddity. But um, look, uh, for all that. That defense got five sacks, three takeaways, and a touchdown. Yep, yep. Do you think they win that game without those plays? No, no. Absolutely not. No. So, you know, as much as they, they they really, you know, overall, you cannot give them a, a good grade in that game, you also can't give them an F. I mean, they're somewhere in, like, the C range because they made some really big plays. Even at the very end, 20 seconds left, did you feel like Deshaun Watson had no chance of moving that team to field goal range? I mean, Come on, like yeah, yeah. Uh, they attacked him and then he intercepted him in two plays. I think those were were meaningful moments. And he got lucky, or, or we got lucky. Maybe I mean, look, you never know what would have happened. But O'Brien running the ball with Lamar Miller on third and four. Oh yeah, was really surprised by that. But uh, now we got a situation where I thought, and I talked about this on Monday, where I thought one of the really big things to come out of that game on Sunday was the arrival of the wide receiving crew. Not mm-hmm. Doug Baldwin, because if yep. if the Seahawks score 41, 34 on offense, obviously, and Russell goes for 452, well, you would think, oh, man, well, Doug had a big day. Well, Doug did not have a big day. It was Baldwin. I mean, uh, Lockett, Richardson, Jimmy Graham. So when, when going to wide receivers not named Baldwin, Russell had a uh, passer rating of, what was it, 132? And going mm-hmm. to tight ends, he was 129. And going yep. to Doug, he was 74 and a half. So, and look, that's with Luke Wilson dropping that pass. Right, exactly, the seam route. I mean, just the idea that, hey, you, you don't need Doug Baldwin to be all-world every week. You like him to be all-world, and he's paid to be all-world, but if there's ever a day where maybe they just can't find the connection, and I'm not putting this on Doug at all, by the way. I, I thought some of the passes to him were way off in that game on Sunday. But there's going to be a day when Doug doesn't have a big day in the box score. Can they have a guy step up? And they had three guys, four guys step up on Sunday. Yeah, it's always been a little curious to me, like the the narrative, not last year, but this year, that they don't, the Seahawks don't have the receivers that they need. You know, I think very highly of Tyler Lockett. I mean, I don't think he's been playing his best. I think he's been coming back from injury. But, you know, this guy was huge in 2015 and I think has a ton of potential. Paul Richardson, I honestly, I wasn't convinced about, so I can understand the questions there, but Gosh, that guy has stepped up since day one um, this season. And, you know, uh, if you want to look up the the touchdown leaders, receiving touchdown leaders over the last two weeks um, across the entire NFL, the Seahawks have number one and number two on that list. Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson both have three touchdowns over the last two weeks. 
Um, I don't think that anyone would have predicted that that if a Seahawks receiver was going to be uh, leading the NFL in touchdown for even a two-week span, that it would be anyone but Doug Baldwin. So yeah. I, I think it is a, it's a great evolution, and it's, it's really important for this team because defenses look – Another benefit of having Dwayne Brown around is people aren't going to have to stay in to pass protect as much. They're going to be able to have more receivers out in routes yep. and be even more dangerous. All right. Uh, give me a thought on the Redskins. They're banged up. They got the ugly Gruden brother as their head coach, not the good-looking Gruden one that probably makes more money than Jay does, by the way, doing TV with a lot less pressure. <laughs> but uh, th- this is a game the Hawks should win, and-, and I think win big on Sunday. Oh man, they they are you know they are so injured uh, along the offensive line. Uh, they're missing uh, Ioannidis, who's uh, one of their big pass rushers. Um, they do have a good pass rusher, Ryan Kerrigan, um, Junior Galette. Um, they've got a couple guys in there that are are doing well. So it's a good test still. And 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 um, Cousins has been a very efficient passer this year. And Chris Thompson is a guy to watch out for. He's he's a running back um, and a receiver. Um, and pretty dynamic in doing so. Has a, had a bunch of explosive plays. So it's not like one of those gimmies, but uh, you know you got to like the Seahawks' chances. And and uh, you know I would expect the Seahawks to win this game, um, certainly by you know ten points or more. Is there any real concern about this Redskin team? I mean, as you kind of, as I process in my brain how Washington's going to win this game against the Seahawks on Sunday, uh, I, I just can't come up with a way. I keep going back and forth. Busted plays, yeah. Guys get hurt, obviously, yeah. Knock on wood, the obvious cliches. But as I try and process a way for the Redskins to win, I I can't find one. Yeah, I mean, from a probability perspective, you're probably talking a 90-10, you know, that the Seahawks win. So I think it is highly likely, but there is that 10%. And Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's like the third-rated passer in the NFL this year. He's He's been really efficient. And the Seahawks defense has given up a bunch of explosive plays and was just, you know, rolled. So um, there are some questions there. Turnovers can play a role. So there, there's all those things that factor in. But, but uh, you know, no, I, I don't think that, that this is a, a game that, that fans should worry about. Um, but it's more one to be excited about. I'm really yeah. hoping to see the offense keep rolling. All right. Uh, what's happening over at Pagliacci, man? Hey, uh, Code Hawk blogger, all you need is uh, say it. Type it in, whatever. If you go order online, um, go into say any it. of the, the What do you stores. mean say it? Like walk outside my house? Hawk blogger. Is that all I got to do? Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind you doing that either. But, no, yeah, <laughs> just uh, head over to any of the, the stores themselves, the, uh, the shops, um, or order online or call, and uh, you get five, five bucks off any whole pie order. So it's a, it's a good deal. I love it. You're the man. We'll talk in a week, buddy. See ya. Thank you. Want more great Seahawks talk? Of course you do. Check out the Pedestrian Podcast. It's the official podcast of the UK Seahawkers. Hosted by Stuart Court, Adam Nathan, and Ross Bell. It's fun. It's British. You get accents. You get Seahawks. You get football. It's definitely worth it. They're at pedestrianpodcast.podbean.com, or you can find them on iTunes. Check them out.